Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. Well, good morning, Celebration Church. How are you guys doing? We've got seven, 17 people that are excited to be in church the first Sunday of the year, but that's all right. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's good to see you guys. And um, man, I'm just really, I, I love the, the New Year's. I think the New Year's is a gift to us. And um, I think the, the older we get, the, the less we lean into the idea of resolutions, the less we lean <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we make the resolution we made three years ago and we made it every year since. Uh, so we finally just realized like, I'm just not, I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to opt out on the resolution thing. The older we get, we stop doing that. But, but it really, the new year does give us just this natural pause and reset in life, doesn't it? Uh, it, it really does give us a chance to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to plan uh, accordingly. I, I, in fact, I, I'm going to take all the weight that this past year has given us. I'm going to leave it back there. Anybody ready to do that? Just leave all the weight back there and take all the, the benefits. Some people had some great, great opportunities that came this, their way this year and Take those with you, but, but leave all the, all the bad back. Like, like the children of Israel leaving Egypt. The Bible says they plundered the Egyptians before they left. And I would encourage you, plunder everything from 2020 that is good, and everything else, just leave it. And uh, as we walk into this new year, uh, there's, there's a, a great opportunity for us as a church to, um, to move into the things that God has called us to do. Like, like here's the deal. <clears throat> I don't know if you know this or not, but we, as believers, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual rulers, against spiritual wickedness, the Bible says, in, in heavenly places. The Bible tells us that, that we're not wrestling with all the, the functions that you deal with in your life. Like, those are just the, the outward expressions of the true reality that there is a spiritual truth, like there is, there is a spiritual world that you are truly wrestling with, and you thought it was just a bad attitude you're wrestling with, and I would say, no, there's, there's more to it than that. And so going into this year, I, I want to encourage us, but, but I, I don't want it to be uh, raw, 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 let's, let's ready, set, go, right? Like, I don't want to do that, but instead what I want to do is I want to give us this incredible secret, and the secret is this that our lives are designed to be lived in rhythm. And so many times we think that if we just try harder, if we spin more plates, if we juggle the balls just right, 
that somehow we will see fruitfulness and achieve things in our life. That's what the American dream tells us. Just work harder, get another job, just, just, just stay up super late, get up super early, grind, 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 hashtag grind. Like if you would just do that somehow, you're going to achieve something in your life. And I'm, I'm here to tell you today that instead of telling you ready, set, go, let's do this. Let's say ready, set, let's make sure we're thinking properly. This is this is this has been a challenge for me because as a pastor, uh, one of the difficulties is this: is is I feel like every single Sunday uh, I'm I'm competing for your attention with Stephen Furtick and Craig Rochelle, these people that have thousands of dollars and teams of twenty people that help build, and and, and so so it feels like there's this great pressure to be like, man, I've got to be as amazing as these guys. But but here's the thing: I can I can do. That, that they can't do. And that's, I can hear the voice of the Lord for this church. Right. And, and here's what I want to tell you today is God is calling you to rhythm because inside rhythm, you can face the adversities of life and inside rhythms, you can embrace the, breast, the blessings of life and not be distracted by either. We, we, God is a God of rhythm. God is a God that, that lives and, and, and creates in rhythm. The, the earth, it, it, it revolves around the sun and gives us the rhythm of, of years. And the earth rotates on its axis and it gives us the rhythm of days. And that, that rotation gives us a natural rhythm that we embrace, which is the rhythm of day and night. We, we sleep and, and wake up. It's a natural rhythm that every creature on earth embraces. It, our hearts beat to a rhythm. There's a, a specific pattern to your heart. And, and if that pattern of, of beating changes, we can tell that there's something that's all out of rhythm, when it's arrhythmia, it's something, something's not right when, when it doesn't beat properly. Even, even our breathing is in a steady rhythm. Everything about life was designed to be in rhythm. This is, this is the way God designed us. This is the way God designed us, is to live in rhythm. And, and the world tells us, no, like you just need to run, 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 but, but that's not what God teaches God teaches us something different. And I think Jessica's um, intro there was a bit of a spoiler alert for us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. In our American self-help culture, we avoid the difficulties of downtime. We avoid the difficulty of pain, and we, we run away from anything that, that doesn't seem to be producing. And what I'm telling you today is that God says there's a season to plant and a season to harvest, a season to be born and a season to die, that there are rhythms in our life, and if we would just embrace the rhythms, we would discover that God actually designed us to live this way. So for the next five weeks, I'm going to talk about the five sacred rhythms of life that God has given us. One of the difficulties of rhythm is this. It's that in order for us to embrace rhythm in our life, we have to embrace 
extremes. We're all taught to have balance. We're, we're taught to be a balanced person. But to have rhythm in your life, there's got to be the extreme of the pullback and the hit. I gotta put the snare on here. Let's check that. You, there's gotta be an extreme. This is what, what creates the rhythm is actually the difference between the height of my hand and the snare drum itself. If I had balance, I would be just staying right here. I wouldn't be accomplishing anything with a rhythm. If I had balance, I'd just be holding the stick. But it's the extreme of the, of the drawback and the press forward. That's what creates rhythm in our lives. We need rhythms in our life. And the problem is we live in a world that is rhythmless. Our culture has created this rhythmless onslaught that never stops. It never draws back. We never rest. We constantly go, go, go. Wake up in the morning to an annoying alarm clock and we, we brush our teeth and take a quick shower, jump in the car and commute 25 minutes to work. We get to work and we work as hard as we can. We get our union 15 and, and then we, we, we get back off work and, and, and run home and listen to AM radio all the way home and we're angry at the kids and we don't know why. It's because you were listening to AM radio all the way home. <laughs> ah, he's in the word. Somebody, somebody elbow your husband and say, he's in the word today. But we live, and then we wake up the next morning and do the same thing over again and we wonder why we're just stressed out, depleted, drained, and then you add a year like we've had and it just feels like, is there any end in sight? The truth is, that's living a rhythmless life and when you have a rhythmless life, you cannot embrace the purpose that God has for you. Have you ever... Uh, people without rhythm are just annoying sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like when they leave a voicemail, this is, uh, anybody like Kevin James? Kevin James does this joke where he talks about people, people that leave voicemails without rhythm. <laughs> you know, like somebody that leaves a voicemail, like, hello, this is Angie from Dr. Brandt's office just calling to let you know that uh, your results are back and everything is just fine. Uh, give us a call if you have any questions. That's amazing. It has rhythm. But, but like, hello, this is Angie from Dr. Brandt's office. And I'm just calling to let you know that if you uh, wanted to know your results, you can give us a call. Like there's just, just getting, getting no rhythm in, in, the, like in the voicemail. That's not, that's not what we want to hear. We want rhythm. We want rhythm. And this is what God designs for us. So God, God gives us this idea of rhythm. And in order to have rhythm, in order to embrace the difficulties, do them well, embrace the blessings and do them well, we've got to have these extremes. We've got to have this, like this drum beat, this established rhythm of saying, it's, it's okay for me to be on. It's okay for me to be off. It's okay for me to be on, okay to be off. Unfortunately, in our American culture, we say be on, 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 all the time. And because of it, we have people that are stressed out and we have marriages that are struggling and we have business leaders that are trying their best to keep their head above water because they feel like the only way to success is to always be on. In order to establish rhythms in our life, we've got to do what Jesus says. Jesus says it like this. In John chapter 15, he gives us 
the rhythm of life. Verses four through five, he says this, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is telling us that the rhythm of of fruitfulness or the rhythm of success in your life is not based on you chasing success. It's based on you abiding or resting in him. Producing and resting, work and play. It's this idea that that rhythm is like a rubber band, that we stretch it out and then it contracts. It it, it goes in and then it out. It's like in in, in golf, right? We've got the backswing and then we've got the follow through. If you had a balanced golfer, the balanced golfer would sit there all day long and stare at the ball. But it's the extreme of weighting the back leg and then pushing your weight through to the front leg that creates momentum in our lives. This is how God designed us to be. This is why there's people, some of the people that, I I know people that are some of the most talented people I know. They're they're some of the most gifted people I've ever seen, and yet very little fruitfulness comes from their life because they're always in go mode, and they never go into the backswing and say, I'm going to rest or abide in the goodness of God. So we we need to move forward. This idea of balance, of finding a balanced life. I'm just gonna balance, I'm gonna juggle, spin plates. Balance is a myth. It's neurologically impossible for us to multitask. I, I hate to inform all of you ladies, but guess what? You actually don't multitask better than men. The truth is the human brain toggles. It doesn't do two things at once. It's like a switch that's on or off, on or off. We we go back and forth between uh, items. So when you're listening to something, you're not working. And when you're working, you're not caring for someone. Like you're doing one or the other. No matter how much you convince yourself that you can do three things at once, you can only do one thing at once. And if you look for balance... Everything is always going to be front burner in your life and everything's going to be equally important in your life and you're going to get nothing done. You're gonna be overwhelmed. You're gonna be distracted. And this is taught by culture. Here's what Lillian Cunningham says in the Washington Post. She says this. She did this big study on, uh, uh, on workplace, people uh, working long hours in the workplace. And she wrote this. Less than half the people I've interviewed say they uh, interviewed would say they work around the clock out of fear, and more than half would say they do it out of habit. We use work to numb out. We can't turn off our machines because we're afraid we will miss something. And exhaustion is not a status symbol. 
So what we do is we work really hard and then we take a break by pulling out our phone and flipping through social media only to create more stress and more comparison in our lives, thinking that somehow this is helping, somehow this is moving the ball forward by taking a break just to play a a first-person shooter on, on the Xbox, that that's somehow going to give you a break. And the truth is it compiles stress. It makes it worse. Jesus never taught balance. Jesus modeled rhythm. That's what Jesus does. In Mark chapter 1 through 6 alone, we see in chapter 2, verse 13, Jesus is alone at the lake before he starts teaching. In chapter 3, verse 7, we see Jesus withdrawing with his disciples to get away from the crowd. In chapter 3, verse 13, we see Jesus alone in the mountains with his disciples. In chapter 4, verse 35, he leaves the crowd in a boat. He takes a boat across the river, uh, across the lake. Like Jesus' whole ministry is marked by him building a crowd and then leaving the crowd to go get alone by going on a boat in a triangle around the top of a lake. He's alone. In chapter 5, verse 1, he's alone on the hillside. In chapter 5, verse 21, he crosses the lake again to get away from people. In chapter 6, verse 45, he dismisses his disciples and he goes on a mountain to be alone and pray. And then later in the same chapter, we see Jesus walking on water. And we're like, this is amazing. Why was Jesus not with his disciples? Because he was alone resting. Jesus, the one on whom our calendar is marked, the one who has more pithy quotes than Confucius, the one who our moral code is based around, like he, he marks history greater than any human being that has ever lived, and his life was marked with a steady rhythm of withdrawing and approaching. So we got to embrace these these extremes, these these rhythms in our life. What this means is this, is that I've got to learn that if I'm with my family, that's not the time for me to be checking emails from work. What I'm saying is if I want to be successful at work, what I've got to do is while I'm at the office, I don't need to be checking my Facebook status. I'm saying like we need to be willing to embrace the extreme of of rest and play, of family and work, like like allowing these big differences in our life and just embracing them. It will give us the margin to see fruitfulness in our lives. There's been seasons in my life where spiritually I just thought I'm just going to pray really hard and fast really hard for for a couple years, just like intensity was what marked my life. And I would see little bits of growth, but I would never see the kind of growth that I do now when I have rhythms of intensity and rhythms of rest. It's like somebody working out at the gym. It's the expansion and contraction of muscles that causes growth and the rest in between. That's what causes the growth. So I want to encourage you today to find yourself fully invested when you're working and fully invested when you're with your family and fully invested when you're playing. So if I'm going to embrace these extremes, I've got to, the next thing is this for rhythm, we've got to schedule what matters most. 
We've got to schedule our values. Going into this year 2021, like this past year has thrown everything for a loop. And I think for most people, it's caused the pause. But then the question is, now what do I do with my time? What you do is you start by scheduling what matters to you. And I can tell you what God wants from you. It's in Genesis chapter one, verse 28. God tells us what he wants. He says this, and God said to them to be fruitful and to multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Like God's plan for us from the beginning was that we would be fruitful and multiplying. Jesus says it again in the same passage in Luke that we're reading, in, in, in John that we're reading, John 15. Verse two, Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The goal of God for your life is that your life would bear fruit. Like like I'm saying, the goal for your life is not that you would be saved. God's plan for your life is not that you just just be, be redeemed from the fires of hell. God's plan for your life is that you would be fruitful and you would multiply. That, that the things that he's placed in your heart would bear fruit. This is, this is it. So, so for, for me, like, like I, I want to accomplish what God's will is for my life. He, Jesus says this. He says, the branch that bears no fruit is useless. And most of us Christian Americans are totally good being, I, I just did what my five-year-old, my seven-year-old does, totally good. <laughs> he's always doing that. He's in this phase where he's rolling all the letters he can roll. <clears throat> but, but we're totally comfortable being a branch grafted into the body of Christ. Totally good with that. In fact, it lends itself like, like the whole like postmodern mentality of like the whole goal of life is for me to figure out like me as a unique individual, that somehow I am uniquely different than everyone else. And so the church, the American church specifically, we're, we're really good at helping everybody identify what is your unique gifting and calling because you're so unique, so gifted, and so called. It's true, but sometimes you can overstate a point. Because the problem, we, the part we struggle with is when Jesus says he expects the branches to bear fruit. And this idea of like, I'm unique and gifted and called. How dare you demand that I bear fruit? Who are you, who are you to expect anything of me? And, and God is saying like, if you would bear fruit, you, you like, that's his plan. Like you'd be fulfilled in your life if you'd be willing to bear fruit. And fruitfulness comes from abiding in Christ, not by working hard. So we've got to plan fruitfulness in our life. If we don't plan fruitfulness in our life, then everything will be a priority. What I'm saying is this, if you sense that this year God is calling you to start a business, you can plan the business piece, but the fruitfulness of your business comes from the resting side. So what do I want out of my life in this season? What I'm looking for is I want a heart that's light and full. I want a family that's functional. (laughs) 
I want a life that's fruitful and multiplying. And by that, I mean, uh, I want to see other people growing in their lives. And that happens not by me working really hard. It happens by me allowing the rest in God, the abiding in Christ. It's the extreme that causes fruitfulness in our life. So what does it look like? How do we schedule fruitfulness? Like, how does that work? It's really simple. Imagine for me, if you would, that, um, that over here, this is resting. This is abiding in God. This is drawing close to the Lord. And this is the fruitfulness in our life, right? This is, this is me withdrawing and getting away on the mountain with God. And this is me seeing fruit. <clears throat> the way we try to do it in sort of the American world is we go from this, this resting place. We try to push the ball over to fruitfulness, And God doesn't call us to push the ball to fruitfulness. It says this, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. What that means is it's really more of a pendulum. If I can lean over here into abiding in Christ, my life will bear fruit. If if I rest in God, if I spend time with God, my life is fruitful. Contrary to what we teach people, which is run hard, run hard, push, push, grind, hashtag grind, and then burn out one day and take out all your stress on your family. Instead, God says, abide in me, you will bear much fruit. This is why people with with like a bigger purpose in their life, you're gonna discover that if they're successful, they're going to be resting harder. They're gonna be resting harder. Why? Because when we abide, we bear much fruit. Now, if you wanna just abide a little bit, you wanna just like a little bit into abiding, you get a little bit of fruitfulness. And if you want your life marked by chip shots, that's fine. But if you have a big purpose in your life and you have big direction in your life, you have to abide and allow the fruitfulness to be uh, a result of the abiding. It's being okay with that expansion and contraction. It's like a boxer. It's like a boxer. Have you ever seen a, seen a boxer that, that never came back for the, like, cocked and loaded? They never do that. They just, they're out there and they, they box like this. Imagine a boxer just going like this, getting, they're getting nothing done. What gives the boxer their energy is the pull back. It's pulling back. That's what, give, that's what gives the full punch. And the same thing in our lives. If you feel God has called you to a ministry, it doesn't happen when you try to push a door open over and over and over again. It happens when you withdraw and get close to God and then expand back into what he's called you to do. If you feel that God's called you to start a business, it's not gonna be successful when you wear yourself out and take out all your stresses on the people you love the most. What happens is you'll find success Success when you withdraw into rest and into abiding in Christ and then expand back into it. That's where success comes from. Abiding in Christ. The problem is so much of us, so many of us, myself included, we, we get caught in the trap of fighting like this. And we're worn out and we feel like our efforts aren't doing much. 
no matter how hard we try, we're not knocking the ball down like we want to do it. And we end up falling in the trap of striving. Striving is just, just chasing, chasing the end, just sort of this, this, this rat race of life, not really finding anything happening in our lives. Running along at a frantic pace, hoping that somehow if I just stay busy enough, I'll get something done. Or bragging to a coworker that I haven't taken two weeks off in years. Not taking two weeks off in years is probably not as much of a bragging right as you think. It probably has more to do with you working incessantly because you're afraid to take a break because you think all the plates will hit the ground when you stop. And there are seasons. This is the idea of rhythms. This, there are seasons where you're going to work hard and people are going to say, don't you ever take a break? But then there should also be seasons where you rest and people say, how can you afford to rest so hard? It's gotta be rhythm, both, both sides of the coin. It's gotta be rhythms. And so to embrace rhythm in our life, we need to embrace the extremes. We've gotta schedule our values. And then the next one is this, we've gotta embrace repetition. A single drip of water is just a sound, but when you repeat that single drip of water over and over and over again, it becomes a rhythm. It's, it's rhythm. And so in order for us to embrace rhythm, we've, we've got to be willing to, to hit that same nail over and over again. Just like, like we learn, I, I'm going to rest hard on, for me, it's Monday. I'm going to rest hard on Monday, and, and I'm just going to refuse to feel guilty for resting hard and doing whatever I want to do on Monday. I'm just going to refuse it. And when people try to guilt the pastor, and oh, you can't, no, I'm just going to refuse it because I understand that success doesn't come from me working seven days a week. It comes from abiding in Christ. So we just hit that same nail over and over again. Now, now I, I could tell you to hit the nail of work hard, but you already have that. You're Americans. You guys know that if I just work really hard, I'll put money in the bank account. And if I work really hard, I'll create something for my family. But what we don't understand is I've got to schedule some rest. I've got to schedule some downtime. I've got to schedule time with God because if I just wait and give him my leftovers, he gets nothing. So we've got to create that place of, of withdrawal and hit that nail every single time without fail, hitting that. You've got to make it a priority. Because if we don't schedule, if we don't schedule and we don't create repetition, we will never accomplish all that God has for us. Yeah. How many people can do 50 push-ups? I got like, Two, three. I got some people that are like, I think I can, but I don't want them to make me get up here and do it. How many people could do 50, 50 push-ups in a week? You could do 50 in a week. Very good, okay. All right, how many of you are actually doing 50 push-ups a week? A fraction of all of you. You know why? Because the willingness, the ability even the desire to do it is completely different than the repetition of doing it. So many of us would love to get in shape this year, wouldn't we? 
so, like, I'm one. Like, I get it. I need to be working out. I, I need to be exercising. But, but if, I, if I don't create the rhythm of it, it won't happen. And so many of us want to have a great walk with God, don't we? But if we don't create the rhythm of it and embrace the repetition of it, we won't do it, will we? So the issue is not having goals. The issue is not having us have a recalibration. The issue is having the margin in our lives to accomplish the goals. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 15. It says, and when, talking about Jesus, and when he came to the crowd, a man came to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. Everybody say, disciples could not heal him. And Jesus answered, Oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? They were saying, why weren't we fruitful? We were trying so hard. Why weren't we showing? We were giving it all we got. And he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you had faith like the grain of mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible to you. And then he says, but this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. Look at that. Jesus' initial response to the disciples who are so frustrated because they're showing a lack of fruit, he says this. He says, you are, you are faithless and twisted. Show me this next piece here. Faithless means you're withdrawn from God. Twisted, another translation would say perverted, and perverse would be another. Uh, another translation would say wicked. It, so one is faithless, they're withdrawn from God. The other is twisted, they're close to the world. And they say, well, why can't we get anything done in the kingdom of God? And he says, because it requires something different. It requires prayer and fasting. Prayer being near to God and the heart of fasting is to withdraw from the world. I wonder how many of us have things that we have wanted from the Lord, but if we were truly honest, we are like these disciples. We love Jesus. We love the house of God, but we're withdrawn from God and we're near to the world. And I'm telling you today that in the rhythms of life, the only way you'll see fruitfulness is with, when you withdraw from the world and you draw close to God. So as a church, for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, from January 4th 
until the 24th, we as a church are doing something together. And I want to invite you to join me on this journey. It's my favorite time of the year. It's where we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's become very cliche and very common and all kinds of churches do it now. I remember back when I was a youth pastor, I used to do this every year until the church started doing it as a church-wide thing and then I stopped doing it. I was like, I'm not doing it because now everybody's doing it. But the truth is this, if you want fruitfulness in your life, you need to withdraw from the world and draw close to God. Are you saying that I'm earning God's favor? I'm not saying you're earning God's favor. What I'm saying is you're so close to the world, so far from God, it's sometimes hard for him to use us. I know I get that way. So I have seasons. I have two seasons in my life where I have two seasons every year in August and in January where I withdraw from things I really like and I get close to the Lord. So what this looks like, fasting, it could look like to you, it could look like fasting, social media, which is a great thing to fast. I would say fasting for you could be uh, if you're into video games and you think that's your stress relief valve, I would think that's a great thing to, stre- to fast because the truth is video games actually increase your stress. You'll be surprised if you, fa- if you fast them for 21 days. A very biblical thing to fast is this, food. And for me, typically what I do is I just fast any solid food. So if, if I get dizzy, I'll have a, a juice or something. Somebody would say, oh, I don't know if I can fast food because you know, I have health issues. I would say, I would encourage you to talk to your doctor. If you're, if you're concerned about health issues, talk to your doctor. The other side of it is this, the, the medical results of fasting on a human body is impressive and your doctor would likely not be against you fasting. So let's fast. The next thing is this. So starting tomorrow, I just want you to jump in there with me. We've been telling you for weeks. The next is this. I want to encourage you for this next season, I want you to draw close to the Lord through prayer, fasting and prayer. Um, You can join us here at the church for prayer. We're going to be praying on Saturday mornings here at the church. Um, We'll be doing prayer prayer things online. You can join in, but, but fast and pray. Get involved. And the next thing is this. Start your year out right and start reading your Bible. How many of us have tried to read the Bible and we stop? There's nothing wrong with a new time to start again. So I want to encourage you to join me in reading what I read is called the Moravian text. It's a Moravian daily text. I know the one-year Bible is really popular. Uh, I'm a slow learner. I'm a, so I, I do the Moravian text, which is a two-year Bible. And uh, so you'll do the whole Bible in two years if you do it. Um, but what it is, it's a, it's a daily text that gets sent to my phone every single day. We, are also, we also have hard copies that are going to be here at the church starting next week. They just got delayed in shipping. But um, you, can, you can read the Bible through just by finding a reading plan. And I want to encourage you, jump in the Moravian text. It's a great plan. It's been around since the 1700s uh, with people praying about it every single year, praying about the order of the text. I find it to be a powerful thing. So this year, instead of chasing fruitfulness, abide in Christ. Because as you abide, as you pull into fasting, as you pull into prayer, I promise you, you'll see fruitfulness. 
Somebody says, when I fast, I don't feel super spiritual. You won't. Not when you fast. After you fast, you'll see things. So join me. Maybe all across the room you could stand. Band could come up. This year, I don't want to give you a hoorah. I don't want to give you a, yeah, attaboy, let's get them. What I want to do is this. Let's set ourselves up for success by embracing healthy rhythms in our lives. True healthy rhythms that sustain spiritual breakthrough. And one of those rhythms is going to be prayer and fasting. You guys with me? Yes. Very good. Very good. Why don't you just put your hands up to receive right now? Lord Jesus, God, I ask that right now you would strengthen this group. Not that we would strive for success and fruitfulness in our life, but God, as we pursue you, as we abide in you, as we lead our families into prayer and fasting, and as we take this season to withdraw from the activities of the world and draw close to you, God, I pray that fruitfulness would abound, that breakthrough would happen. God, that minds would change, that addictions would break, that marriages would be restored by abiding in you. Because you are the author. You are the finisher of our faith. So we're not trying to write our own stories. We're trying to lean into your hand the hand that writes our stories Lord I pray that during the season of prayer and fasting you'd release spiritual gifts in this house Lord I pray for those that are skeptical about your reality like what you're actually doing in earth today I I pray that you would shock them I pray you'd reveal yourself to men and women in the next 21 days as they draw close to you. Because our heart is not to just attend a church service, but God, we want to be close to you. We want to be known by you. So be with us in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together, church. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.